and welcome again to the Mike Thrays podcast. You're listening to your host, Mike Thrays. So this channel is very much focused around spiritual awakening, having an experience of where your perception of the reality begins to change dramatically. It, it can be a gradual thing. It could be an instantaneous type of thing with a near-death experience. But in both those scenarios, whether it's gradual or kind of progressive or instant there's still an integration period it's still this space of as I've heard other teachers talk about there's no real um, yeah, end to it really, it's a type of field of information of, of kind of consciousness you know, a dimension of reality of living that has no end you can literally keep going down the rabbit hole and the rabbit hole has no end but within the awakening experience for me and perhaps what you've been going through as well is learning to integrate that into healthy conscious living. So more than going into galactic heritage and you know that, that interests a lot of people and, and look at where we came from and hence want to know where we're going to. For me, it still comes back to the space of living in the moment for now. That in the now, there's not really a story, and the greatest gift of spiritual awakening seems to facilitate for us is the detachment from a permanent fixed identity that blocks the connection to the now. There's something else connected with that, the aspect of identity, which I want to develop further today, and it feels quite emotive, it feels powerful. And it can't necessarily be understood or explained rationally, systematically. But I'll, yeah, I'll endeavor to share it the best way I possibly can, being mindful that what I've come to learn, and perhaps you also, is that the best way we seem to learn in terms of shifting our consciousness to live a conscious life where we are full, whole, and complete is through the power of story, storytelling. And, and rather than getting caught up in concepts, were, it's about an energy or frequency behind the story that we listen to. Uh, you may feel something similar when I talk about the following now. And that's the idea of the parent trap. <laughs> the parent trap, I think, was actually a, possibly a Disney movie that's been popping in my head, connected with a few other things I've been working through lately as I've returned to Melbourne through a short-term visit staying with our family and friends and really I guess in the lead up of editing my fifth book really around being a king queen a, a sovereign state of conscious where you move beyond conditional dependency to unconditional prosperity abundance living being the best version of you laying yourself to receive in the world is the idea of the program that we've had in our childhood which is connected with our, our parents and, and our immediate familiar network, the society we grew up in is what's ultimately facilitated the way we perceived the world, the way we thought about the world. And it, connected with that, it also kind of programmed the frequency of attraction. You know, with the on the basis of the spiritual awakening, it facilitates an understanding that we are energetic beings, we're quantum beings. That even though we look like purely skin, body and bones, 
if you kind of listen to it, even put your hand on your heart or feel into your hands a little bit like people have done Reiki, you can feel the literally energy, you're a pulsating current. Like an energetic car or an energetic appliance, a phone, it's powered by energy that might have to outer form a programming, a channel, but it's ultimately the energy that empowers the operation of this device, this frequency. And what I've kind of sense, yeah, sense, ironically, I was going to say since, but said, what I sense and what I've since come to experience is it, it seemed like as, as I began this with the kind of the bottomless pit of the, of the awakening spirit, it seems to be about deprogramming from the self that was kind of conditioned to you as a young person, as a, as a child, and you, you take that into your surroundings. So the parent trap has a number of different layers, and I'll, I'll go to through it in the, in the yeah the next fifteen or twenty minutes, quite likely. I don't want to get too bogged down. I want in details. I want to keep this relatively high level, so this is something that can be really accessed and, and understood immediately. And it's also sharing from the base that I'm learning through this. I'll continue to practice this as I practice everything I, I talk about here on the channel in my books. So why would it be so important to be aware of this idea of the parent trap and programming as a child? Well, for me, it's the base that we are, the frequency. Everything, wherever we go, there we are. And so the energetic frequency we emit is literally governing every experience of our life. And while the spiritual awakening, it kind of... Could be a bit of a pessimistic. It can be a bit of a false dawn, a false, yeah, false sun on the horizon. It does provide this glimpse. Wow, you know, your divine, your God, your your beliefs and thoughts create reality. You are, you know, you can use the law of attraction to get what you want. Below the wanting to get what you want is why do you want it in the first place? Why do you want all these things? Who is the the relationship? that you are being drawn to, the home or the motor vehicles and the whole thing, you would feel the need to accumulate. If you have a, look, a deeper look beyond this, this is kind of, yes, it's wonderful to have that prosperity abundance and, and particularly what I'm working at the moment is, is really focusing on empowering ourselves to facilitate that. But beyond the receiving of it is being an energetic match where it doesn't actually add to you, that you're not programmed to need those things to affirm a certain worth, that your worth is then a really external, but it's only the programming that we've been absorbed, and not, yes, this is the theme of this, the parent trap, but the parents, we talk that from their parents, their parents' parents, it's a societal three-dimensional condition of reality around competition, effort, conflict, that we are never enough. And that we need to keep striving at all, or keep busy in order to prove our worth. So whenever we're actually looking at you know, these things that we need to have, rather than a heart-aligned impulse, a desire that's coming from the heart saying, this is a path, or there's something, this could be a benefit to your mission as a light worker, as a being of divine light, a body suffer, a spiritually awakened being who's allowing yourself to receive the yourself and your family, is to differentiate in the level of programming is it is what you're feeling so pushed 
to accumulate particularly creating a level of resistance you can feel that it's not here that you, you feel uncomfortable in simply being your body to differentiate between that and the pathway of the heart that you're moving towards a heart aligned goal that feels natural and it's there's not that same level of urgency because you're appreciating the journey there's still ups and downs in the cycle but it does come from a state of desperation is to really disseminate in the programming of your consciousness the energetic frequency the parent trap see beyond even wanting to please wanting to show just like the child wants to please or to show to mum and dad how they prove how wonderful they are it's the energetic frequency of the parent then be connected to the relationship that one chooses so this is perhaps something that is more talked about in a, a Western media perspective, a three-dimensional perspective. You know that the yeah, the daughter quite often marries uh, somebody they're connected to their father, if that's in a heterosexual relationship, or in the same sexual relationship, quite often the the partner will marry one, literally marry, marry in terms of the marriage, marry up to one of the parents. Or even in, alternately, it could be a combination of both the parents. The, the, the male will also quite often look to kind of program to choose a, a feminine representation of their mother. And it's kind of one of these things that's seemingly repressed. The, the Freudian kind of, oh, I think it was one of the, the Greek tragedies has also talked about this, that the, one of the, the male, um, yeah, famous leaders or characters in a play literally marries his mother and it's quite a bit of the yeah it's a challenging thing to talk about if there's a programming I don't feel so shamed around it anymore because I feel if you bear with me even the idea of marrying your mother or your father you might want to just turn off straight away it might seem a bit but to me bringing it back to everything I just talked about and everything I've talked about that yet we are energy we're formless energy that we're incarnated through the formation of the masculine and feminine and we come into the world where we have parents but like a any type of energetic device it's programmed in a certain way so depending on what family you or culture environment you incarnate into you got to be taught three dimensionally what's right and wrong, what's good or bad, how you can prove your worth, how you can achieve happiness, willingness, deservingness to receive. You're programmed to literally appease the people in the situation around you. And the people in the situation around you were similarly programmed. They're, they're taught around competition, effort, us versus them. The, the need for drama comes from a space of needing to be better than others or even from the victimhood space needing to see ourselves as less than the persecutor who's we're creating this um this warrior victim archetypal state that's so present in the culture so the programming of the child is taught around you know right and wrong good and bad they're taught conditional love because right and wrong is conditions 
Unconditional doesn't look at a space of right or wrong. It's unconditional. It's not needing to, to prove or please because one's already full, whole and complete within the state of unconditional love. Higher conscious, fifth dimensional reality. God force, the divine I am, whatever you want to call it. The formless state beyond form, beyond body, physical expression that's subject to conditioning is that you are not missing anything. You never were missing anything, but the way you're programmed, you're quite likely therefore going to continue wanting to look for those programmers in your reality. <laughs> so that again, yeah, that does sound a bit dark, but is it really that difficult to either be open to? Does it, how do you feel when you listen to this? Does it feel like maybe it could be triggered, but does it feel like there's something to this? So you're not only, because you've been brought up in a family environment, you might have been brought up by an uncle rather than a father or a grandmother. It's, but the way they kind of taught you is how they've programmed you. <laughs> and I'm sure they've done the best they could as they were also um, taught the best they possibly could have been. But it gets to this point of the awakening journey, at least it has to me, where you begin to, you've kind of had some success maybe with the law of attraction. You're beginning to kind of see how wonderful you are. You can understand that your thoughts and beliefs create your reality. But beyond the thoughts and beliefs and the programming of the thoughts, that the thoughts and beliefs seem to exist in certain archetypal states of consciousness, programs. And that the greater sense of the Western society seems to similarly exist with this programming of lack and effort and competition, us versus them, all based around conditions, conditionality, that we're never really full whole and complete, that we're always needing to please someone, and that this needing to please came from this childhood parent or teacher that we also meet at school, who's saying you need to get those good grades, I need to prove that, and then you take that into to university, if you go to university, you go to a, a full-time office, you, you're consistently trying to prove something to people, trying to effort. And the, how you're taught about worth and deserving this is what you continue to meet in reality. And hence, is it really that difficult to believe that therefore the relationships you're going to be drawn to from an energetic perspective, if you haven't began to really perceive beyond the limits of conditionality, you will. Yes, you will meet your mother and your father. They might, quite unlikely there'll be a physical match for that. They may, but more the way they see reality because there's such a strong connection to you. Because they brought you up. So ultimately it comes to this space to me is to sever the attachment to the mother and father energy. Sounds pretty dramatic, but it's what I how the the combination of falling and dying and plane awakening, which I wrote about, I finished the first draft almost two years ago now, and it's been edited and it's launched on Amazon. It's it's a play of archetypes of multiple states of consciousness, really going from the child fool to a state of the magician. But, and there's not really a huge separation in consciousness between the fool and the magician because they're both infinite aspects of being and they're kind of unprogrammed. But the, the difference seems to be that the fools go through the spiral of awakening to come out the other side as a magician who realise they're already full as the fool. But the uh, ability to be the magician is ultimately to sever the attachment to all other beings. To be a shaman, to be a sorcerer, 
they're being impeccable in the spirit that Carlos Castaneda talks about, is to literally let go of the attachment to the mother and the father energy. And paradoxically, it's a strange thing that when Simon cuts the cords to his mother and father at the at the, at the end of falling and dying, he's ultimately through. Yeah, he's setting them free. He's literally empowering them to live their own highest empowered sense of reality, as he too, because they're not playing out the game of Maya and conditional worth and deservingness, where they all need to kind of live in the space of wanting to please or affirm their worth in the other. They're ultimately three because they're not seeing that their worth is conditional on the other. So if you can apply this to all aspects of reality, that you're never actually needing to please your mother or father. Yes, they taught you, you know, is the best possible way they they could. The parent trap is that you continually meet your parents in all relationships, not just intimate relationships. And so you're consistently meeting them when you're in a space of conditional, dimensional perception of reality. But to have an awakening experience and and really continue to embody that awakening perspective that your thoughts and beliefs create your reality is to move beyond the archetypal state of fighting three-dimensional us versus them is to empower a higher perspective of self, that you are God, that you are the I am. And in fully embodying and embracing the I am is to ultimately sever any conditional touch-ups to anyone in the world, including your intimate partner and your parents and anyone connected to the self, the identity that's been created. And ultimately that's detaching from the identity that you represent in the world. And that's why a lot of spiritual teachers seem to take on different names because they want to sever the attachment to the old identity. It seems to be this powerful way of kind of integrating into their perception of reality a new form. I don't think you necessarily have to take on the new name in order to see that you are the I am. But what will be a powerful space to this is to actually no longer hold unforgiveness and judgment in your relationships, which are really a reflection of conditionality. And that's another symptom of this pleasing aspect, that when we're in a relationship, whether it's with our parents or with or within a, a loved one, an intimate partner, when we're holding resentment towards them, quite likely it's a representation of where we withhold resentment with us. With us us <laughs> and like it unable to conditionally please another through us that we look for another to affirm our worth rather than seeing how unconditional we are and that can be such a challenging thing to accept but it's something that's really particularly the last six months as I've been working through the spiritual ego phase stepping through really applying more and more of the principles of my, my earlier books and, and coming to the space of Neville Goddard and, and, and that our imaginations will ultimately creates our reality and multiple states of consciousness. Therefore, inhabiting an unconditionally loving state of consciousness, your reality has to change. It's the work of Joseph Benner and the I Am Principles, the I Am Principles connected with St. Germain and really Jesus Christ, in effect, is the I Am Principle, the I Am Christ Consciousness, the experience of Christ Conscious Awakening that I had and you two may have had and, and perhaps why you're drawn to this, Christ conscious, Krishna consciousness, Tao Buddha consciousness, is that you are the Christ beyond name and form. And a powerful way to see this, to embody this, at least for me, at least because I have a Christian perspective, and to help move beyond the conditions of the pleaser, to really deprogram the, the, the attachment to the parents 
is to literally see Jesus Christ in everybody. It sounds like a strange thing. You could apply, you could see the Buddha, you could do it the same thing with the Buddha. Is the Buddha is a, a, basically a symbol of, of divinity, I am, which is also you. So you need to, you could either really see your own body, you could see an image of your face. What I tend to do with I'm having an experience of some challenge or even just pause that, you know, the breath work is so powerful, but if I'm having a moment of, of temporary conflict or I feel uncertain, I literally just stop for a breath and I look into the face of the person or whatever's betraying me and I visualize the face of Jesus Christ. I see it. And it can be with my most intimate loved ones or strange on the street. But as soon as I seem to practice this, the frequency, the screen of space immediately changes. And you begin to question this whole perception of reality that, as I talked about, a body's the frequency. What is the frequency of the reality? Because we're all energy and the way law of attraction works, it's impractical from a three-dimensional perspective. You can say, I'll think about the Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes are nice. And so you're driving your Mercedes and you see one Mercedes two Mercedes. You literally see four Mercedes in a row. Then you turn up and you park next to one and then another one parks next to you. And it, it doesn't make any sense from a practical perspective. You can do the same with in terms of friendships and relationships. You think about a person, then they call you. Or you'll see someone that looks or wears something very similar to that person. You, you apply these principles of frequency and energy to literally change your whole perception of reality. And your reality kind of becomes more dreamlike in the process. It's not so heavy. There'll be heavy moments where there'll be those situations, but the more you seem to embody that everybody is Jesus Christ, everybody is the Buddha, everybody is the I am, the God principle, whether I've given male perspective, you could definitely apply that to a feminine perspective, that everybody I quite often visualize is the high priestess, is the divine feminine. Whatever's going to get you to a space where you see them beyond the form, beyond the condition. When you are able to interact with everybody on an unconditional level, you embody that same unconditional love in yourself. Thanks again for listening to this. I hope you really, I hope I really connected with you and provided value for you. It's definitely helped me in talking about it because it's something that I've been feeling increasingly lately. I don't think this is something that we need to feel shame or judgment or anything around. This is something that if it appeals to you, you can apply it. We don't have to feel shame about saying, I am God, or I am divine, I am wonderful, and looking in the mirror and seeing how unconditionally loving you are. It's ultimately only the conditional programming that came from a conditional space of people that didn't necessarily understand it that kind of stops us from embracing this divinity. But conversely, when you feel divine, you embrace that divine, you intend to see divine in every aspect of your reality, you do set everybody else free, that everybody else is cast in a different role, that of God. Bye for now.